Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Not the result that the Blackhawks deserved, but it is a 3-0 shutout victory for the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver ends up sweeping the Blackhawks in the season series and taking this one from Rogers Arena. With the loss, the Hawks now fall to 25-47-6 on the year. Vancouver improves to 35-36-7. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up till 12.30 tonight or tomorrow morning, however you want to look at it. And I say welcome in, Night Owls. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. But first, we're going to head back over to Vancouver and bring in Troy Murray briefly to break down this game a little bit more. Troy, this was a, another solid third period played by this Hawks team. Uh, another good effort towards the final horn, but none showing it offensively tonight, but definitely not because of the Blackhawks' lack of effort offensively. Thatcher Demko had a really good game. Demko was excellent in this game. Give him all the credit in the world for what he did. Strong performance, but... I agree with you. The Blackhawks played well. They played hard in this game. They did not quit. They battled. They had a lot of good opportunities. They had a lot of good looks at the Vancouver goaltender. You know, I mean, just engaged in the game from the start. So you lose the game, but at the same time, you sit there and you go, man, you can't fault the effort. And that's what Luke Richardson is looking for, to build that culture that they're going to work hard. And he got three games, four games left after this one. And I wouldn't expect anything different in all of those games moving forward, just like the effort that they had tonight, not rewarded for it in any way, shape, or form, but a solid performance. Yeah, and that's the thing they're looking for, consistency from that front. And they've definitely gotten it over the past couple of games. Um, This was... I also just appreciated the physicality that the team brought, the camaraderie. I mean, things got a little chippy towards the end. And once again, you you see a lot of guys backing up, especially Lucas Reichel. Uh, They're backing up him a lot, but you're just seeing everybody pitching in for each other uh, against the common enemy that was Vancouver tonight. You love that fact, and I, I, you know, I'm around these guys all the time, and and you see that they they generally like being around each other. The young guys and everybody, the older guys that are with the team, they all, you know, they're just they're a good group of guys, and they care for one another, and they don't care what's going on in the standings. They don't care, you know, about anything that's going on that you, you talk about, uh, you know, the draft and the picks and all this kind of stuff. These guys are focused on what they need to do, and they're doing it well. I really like being around this group of guys, and it shows on the ice that that they care for one another and they're playing hard for one another. Another guy we have talked about a lot, but I think it's worth noting, Boris Kachuk, four shots on goal tonight, but some creative-looking shots, and he's he's just always forward-thinking. I mean, he's, he's always making the right idea, the right kind of play. He just couldn't buy a goal tonight. No, he, the old Dennis Savard spinorama. Um, <laughs> very impressive, Johnson. I didn't think he had it in, and you know we haven't seen that from. We saw a real nice move. I think it was it was the Tampa Bay that he made the real nice yes. move and went in and scored the goal. Um, and then you, you've seen him come a long way 
in the way that he's playing with confidence now in the second half of the season compared to, to the first. And it just seems like he's, you know, focused in. He's playing well. He's creating a lot of opportunities. <laughs> you just, you know, he's, he's got to find a way to, to finish off some of these plays because he's certainly working hard and getting the opportunities. Well, that's why I pull it out because it, it was such a, an up and down year for him. It's really good to see him just so in his groove right now, just definitely in sync with the situation and nearly capitalizing on it. All right, Troy. Well, I, I'm sorry I'm bringing the bad weather. I had no idea it was another gloomy day in Seattle coming up. But, I mean, it's odds are every two out of three days I think the sun doesn't shine over there. So I don't know if you can blame me for that. But I am looking forward to seeing you guys out there. Well, I wish I could say the same. But... <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. We'll see you tomorrow. I look forward to it and have a safe flight out. All right. Can't wait to see you on the TV side, too. Thank you, Troy. <laughs> All right, Joe. Bye-bye. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call tonight. As the Hawks get shut out in Vancouver, 3 nothing to the Canucks. That season series is over. The Blackhawks have no more games in Canada. Actually, two road games left overall against the Seattle Kraken on Saturday and then against the Pittsburgh Penguins to conclude their road schedule next Tuesday. Again, this is the post-game show. We're taking you up to 12.30 in the morning. So welcome in Night Owls and those of you, maybe some late workers, just enjoying some Blackhawks hockey on the radio. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text. This was another game where the Blackhawks brought their competitiveness, they brought their energy, and brought their hard-working effort, but unfortunately it just didn't show up on the score sheet tonight. Uh, they get shut out by Thatcher Demko, who picks up his first shutout of the year, his third career shutout, and apparently the first shutout for the Vancouver Canucks since December of 2021. You have to go back to Bruce Boudreaux's first game as the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks to find the last time that Vancouver was able to shut out a team. I think it is still the case where Vancouver is paying three different head coaches at this moment um, after they let Boudreaux go earlier this year and then brought in Rick Tockett. Either way, uh, Vancouver's not going to the playoffs. Actually, even following on Twitter with a lot of Canucks fans hoping that the Canucks would maybe toss this game and and help out their rankings in the the draft selection. So listen, Hawks fans, once again, the Blackhawks are not alone in this whole situation of looking at the possible possible acquiring of Connor Bedard by the end of the draft, but we'll we'll get into that later. We've been hammering that a lot lately. And more so because of the reaction from the Blackhawks' win on Tuesday against the Calgary Flames. This is a different situation. This is what we've been seeing a lot of this year. The Blackhawks bringing a good effort, uh, playing a very hard-fought game, but just unfortunately not finishing it off with a victory. And so many times this year, we've brought up that topic and we've brought up what that does to this team, that can get draining on a team. So that is why those wins against Calgary on Tuesday are important. Now, I think it's a little bit easier for the Hawks to to leave this one because they didn't lose this game by a lack of effort. They didn't lose this game by not trying. And they're coming off a win against Calgary. So you know, they kind of prove to themselves that they're just not absolutely snake-bitten right now either. Just a whole bunch that goes on during all this. And the important thing for that coaching staff right now is just keep 
team morale and keep everything upbeat. And uh, again, tonight, I think that mentality continues, but but the scoreboard does not. A um, couple other players I want to pull from. Again, I thought Boris Kachuk, fantastic game today. Four shots on goal. Um, he had one hit. He won one faceoff. He had a takeaway. But his comfortability offensively is such a forward stride. I mean, this is a guy that was having some difficulty finding playing time earlier this year. And now because, obviously, post-trade deadline, there's more openings on the roster, there's more openings on the lineup, he's being he, he's being given bigger responsibilities and bigger roles. And he's a guy that came over from Tampa Bay in the Brandon Hagel deal looking for a scene change and trying to utilize it and capitalize off it. And it took some time, but man, is he taking advantage of it now. I mean, I think he had, he probably had the three best scoring chances in each period. We talked about the big save that Thatcher Demko had on him in the first period when the Blackhawks were on the power play. Demko just sprawling out and lifting his left pad up to deny Kachuku. Kind of had a wide open net just to the left of Demko, but again, Demko had a great game tonight. In the second period, there was an instance where he caught a stretch pass and just right away, right idea, just throwing that puck towards the net. Totally open look and just got denied. And then in the third period, little spinorama. I mean, that takes some confidence to pull off a play like that. They thought it was going to sneak through, but again, Demko with a very solid game tonight. He had 33 saves total against the Blackhawks' offense. And Boris Kachuk, mind you, co-leading the Hawks with four shots on goal. He and Tyler Johnson, each with four shots on goal. Brock Besser of the Vancouver Canucks led the game with five shots on goal. But again, Kachuk playing like a world different than he was earlier this year. And that's the difference this year can make on these players that are looking to utilize this quality playing time. Boris Kachuk is is playing to show what he's worth in the NHL. He's giving it his all every night. He's he's finding chemistry with different lines and different players. And it's definitely paying off right now. Thought another game another good game for Lucas Reichel. Three shots on goal. He had an attempt blocked. He had a takeaway, but we saw him kind of weave through the defense, create a breakaway opportunity. We saw him absorbing some hard hits, was bouncing back and forth on the radio and TV broadcast. Patrick Sharp was breaking down how that's what you want to see Lucas Reichel do. Being able to absorb those hits, you can't avoid them all, and you can't have his teammates defending him on every time he gets hit by one of the Vancouver Canucks. So it is up to Reichel to do a better job of absorbing those hits and making sure that it just doesn't totally wipe him out. And I think this road trip so far, even two games in, has been a great example of who Lucas Reichel can be at the NHL level. And now I'm really excited to see what he's able to do down in Rockford when he goes back down there, because he will. He's going to help the Ice Hogs on their playoff run. 
and hopefully it'll be a long playoff run so a lot of those guys can get an opportunity to play some high-quality, high-competitive games. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can give us a call or you can give us a text. Hawks get shut out by the Vancouver Canucks 3 to nothing tonight at Rogers Arena. Vancouver sweeps the Hawks. Definitely had their number this year. Doing some quick math in my head. The Canucks outscore the Blackhawks 12-4 to in those three games. But again, it was a solid, it was a very good first period. I think Vancouver might have edged the Hawks a little bit in that second period. Third period was the Hawks. I mean, they end up out shooting Vancouver overall 33 to 29. And I get it. When the other team is pitching a shutout, you eventually want to just start throwing pucks towards the net, but that's what you got to do. We've got Jeff in Morton Grove. He wants to talk about some of the Blackhawks' prospects. Go ahead, Jeff. What prospects do you want to talk about? Hey, just actually coming off of a game right now, too. So uh, I caught a little bit of the end of the game on the radio. But, I mean, I think, for first of all, the draft with Bedard, I think any of the top three guys that are going to go in this draft are going to be solid for any franchise, no matter where they go. It's, it's looking like a really good draft this year. Uh, but, I mean, most importantly, it's like you're so young when you're drafting these kids that it's really developing. Like, can we develop a Reichel with, you know, double A uh, to really become, you know, solid, you know, second line, third line, or even maybe first line players? Uh, but, I mean, realistically, half this team, you know, they're playing with good effort. It's probably because they're playing for, you know, second contracts with other teams because this you know, most of the roster is going to be turned over before we get competitive. No, I hear you. I hear where you're coming from. Um, what about, did you want to talk about some specific prospects, or, or was it just more kind of about the uh, the upcoming draft? Yeah, because it's more, it's a lottery. So it's like, even if you're first out, we're not guaranteed Bedard, even if we have the worst, you know, record. Right. So... I know everyone's really hoping him. I know there's the phrase, you know, suck hard for Bedard this season. But I think, I mean, if we don't get him, that's not the end of the world. You know, we, we do have some pro- – I mean, if you're watching the Frozen Four right now, we have some solid prospects going in there. We have a good goalie prospect. We have the kid from Michigan, you know, uh, who are all young. And, you know, hopefully we can just – it's all about just developing talent, you know, kind of finding those – uh, core players and you know bringing them up from within. Jeff, you make a lot of great points. What game are you coming from? I just played. Uh, it was kind of a beginners league game. I played for a friend as a favor. They needed a goalie last minute, so I, I came out. I'm, I was all the way down in Morgan Park playing tonight. What's so, the What's uh, the team name? Ah, uh, I actually don't even know the team name. To be honest with you. So, so you're you're you were the you were the e bug for a nameless team. Basically, yeah, I'm just kind of uh, I'm like the neighborhood goalie around Chicago. When someone needs someone last minute, they give me a call and they throw me in that. And I try my and I try my best. Hey, that's that's not a terrible role. Good for you, Jeff. Chicago needs a, an emergency goalie every once in a while. Yeah, well, you know, it's great for me because I don't like working out. I'd rather play hockey. <laughs> I hear you. All right, Jeff, drive safe. Thank you for the call. Don't be a stranger. Yep, thank you. Have a good night. That is Jeff in Morton Grove. And, again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can give us a call. You can give us a text. 
Um, I do. I want to pull out a few things that Jeff said. Uh, he's totally right with the assessment of it takes more than just one guy. And I, I feel like we've been fair about that sentiment. We've talked about that before. You look at the Edmonton Oilers, who have the best player in hockey right now, and Connor McDavid, and a lot of people are not expecting the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. And it's not like they only have Connor McDavid. They've got plenty of talent on that team. So it takes more than one. And when the Hawks won their three Stanley Cups in the 2010s, it took more than one. So everyone that gets so bent out of shape when the Hawks win these games, when they were just at the bottom of the standings, I get it. But it's also going to take more. And like Jeff said, and like I've said multiple times, even though I've been told that everyone already knows this, but it's not guaranteed. And, and the whole point of saying landing the number one pick in the draft isn't guaranteed, that's not to like praise or, or bring up optimism about, hey, no matter where the Blackhawks fall, they still might get the Bedard. It's to point out that you just you can't control it. You can control what you can control. What they can control right now is Lucas Reichel's development and instilling a winning culture down in Rockford and helping build a good camaraderie in the locker room right now to show what Luke Richardson is capable of with hopefully a successful team in a couple of years. Do I want to see the Chicago Blackhawks land Connor Bedard? Of course. I'd be an idiot to say otherwise. And I'm sure every fan is thinking that too and does get a little frustrated when the Blackhawks come away with wins. But there can be two truths. You can want Bedard and you can understand that professional hockey players and professional coaches aren't going to just throw games. And we are not going to know whether or not the Blackhawks land Connor Bedard until the lottery comes out. And the other thing is, Jeff's right, the top three draft picks are looked at immensely right now, and everyone's talking about the draft overall being very, very deep. But let's face it, there is a huge prominence on Bedard. They they think there is a huge separation between one and two in Adam Fantilli. Actually, I was watching the... Uh, Frozen 4 game on ESPN and Blackhawks own Colby Cohen helping breaking down that game. Talking about Adam Fantilli on Michigan, whose season actually ended tonight. That said, you know, Fantilli would be the number one pick if Connor Bedard weren't around. So, so that's the difference. And again, other teams are doing this. Other teams are trying to land him. So that's why there's an extra emphasis on it all. But again, it's going to take more than one player. And I'm glad Jeff brought up, yeah, let's see how Lucas Reichel does with Andreas Athanasiu. That doesn't mean that those are going to be two guys, a one-two punch four years from now. But it does show that Reichel's adaptable with different pieces offensively and kind of like a chameleon out there where you can work him in on different lines and he can adjust and play well and find some chemistry. That's good to see. And it's also good to see Luke Richardson continue to give Andreas Athanasiu high-leverage roles, high-leverage responsibilities 
because that's the type of player he is, and not just pull him from the game because the Hawks organization could use a couple of losses right now, because that's how you lose a locker room. We do have a lot to get to. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Want to uh, get to the text line really quick from the 763 area code. Listening in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis, and I just wanted to say I listen whenever I can, Working nights, your signal comes in loud and clear. The Blackhawks have an excellent future ahead of them. They're a good, young, and upcoming team. And I look forward to more rivalry games between the Blackhawks and the Wild. Great production on WGN. Really enjoy listening. That is cool. I've heard before that this signal could reach out to, like, Nashville at night. And again, it is pretty late right now. But uh, to get some of the enemies texted in, rough loss for the Wild tonight. Three straight losses for the Wild, too. So really appreciate the kind words, 763. And again, anyone else out there, 312-981-7200. We do have a lot to get to, but we've got some sound. Uh, We're going to play some highlights and so much else going on in the NHL tonight. But again, if you'd like to chime in, give us a call, give us a text, 312-981-7200. We'll get to our first break. This Blackhawks postgame show rolls on until 1230. Hawks get shut out by Vancouver, 3-0. You're listening to 720 WGN. Well, if it weren't for Thatcher Demko tonight, Alex Stalock would have been the best goaltender in this game. I know that's a pretty obvious statement, obviously, that that's how it goes when there's only two goaltenders in a hockey game. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, taking you up to 12.30 tonight. Hawks get shut out by the Vancouver Canucks 3 to nothing. I bring up Alex Stalock because we'll give him our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. Alex Stalock had a great night. A couple of stellar highlight reel saves. Uh, we'll play one for you later on, but uh, we do have some sound from Seth Jones and Jason Dickinson in just a moment. I uh, want to go to the text line again. And if you'd like to call or text, 312-981-7200 from the 708 area code. If we don't get Bedard and pick either two or three, I'm completely torn on Fantilli and Mitchkov. And uh, hold on, sorry, somebody just texted. Here we go. While Mitchkov is playing amazingly well in the KHL, it concerns me with his KHL contract lasting until 2025, I believe. I wonder if political events may never See him come to North America unless he defects like the Soviet players did in the 80s and 90s. Yet there's a lot of variables with Matvey Michkov. And one of them is, when is he going to be available to the NHL? And will teams pass on him because of that and go to the next guy up, which a lot of people are ranking at Leo Carlson? Um, There's also some really rough news, or at least reports, that Meve Michkov's father passed away and was found uh, was found dead in, in a river. And th- there's just a-, a lot of uncertainty about that and everything that kind of is involved around that. So there, there are some outliers that kind of play a role with this, too. In terms of the hockey side, who these players are as hockey players. I don't have a full breakdown one through four with each guy, but obviously Connor Bedard is the high offensively skilled. You saw what he did in World Juniors. Uh, Adam Fantilli, definitely one of the more leader 
type of players. Uh, a very successful guy with Michigan. So there's a ton of upside with anybody you pick that high. But everyone basically saying the same idea that, yeah, there are there, there's a lot of good upside no matter who you get. Obviously, if the Blackhawks finish where they're at right now, which is tied with Anaheim and tied with Columbus, but technically third at the bottom of the standings, they're guaranteed one through five. They get a little bit higher than that, it gets a little dicier, and that's why if you land all the way at the bottom, you're guaranteed the top three. So that's why there's there's so much more desire to land in that bottom spot because you're guaranteed in the top three. Seth Jones chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks defenseman. Seemed like there were a lot of opportunities out there today. Just Denko was really good. We had some chances, had some looks around the net. Uh, he made some saves for him. Uh, yeah, played pretty well. How would you assess the the team game and how well you stuck with the game plan? Um, we were okay. I thought we had stretches where we were, pre- we were really good uh, and stretches where they kind of took over and um, have an answer for them. But, you know, it's, it's really a tight game throughout, I thought. I thought we did a lot of good things. Does it feel like there's been more goals bouncing in off you guys than, than ever before in any season? I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it, I don't even know how many I have in my own freaking net this year as well. And I'm trying to take the backdoor play away, and it's just so unlucky. But... It seems like it happens to us way more than it should. Is there anything you can do about it? Is I it just bad luck? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe. But I, I, here in the moment, I'm just, my stick's down. I'm trying to take the back door tap in a way, and it, he just fires it right at my stick. So I was, maybe I can't. I don't know the answer. I was, I was yeah, Neither do I, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. You don't break it up. It just can't happen. Right? Right? It just can't yeah. Essentially, but I'd rather them put it in the main. Reichel's been up for you know over a month now, and it seems like every day he makes these little plays where he sees like something special there. Mm-hmm. What have you seen out of him? Just he could take over a game with his speed. Uh, I mean, saw he got a thing went D to D to Cable in the neutral zone there in the second, and gave it to him in the middle and split the D, and he was in on a breakaway. He seems to have one of those explosive plays every game, and um, it's exciting to see because that's what we're going to need in the future. I forgot, like you, you know, here for long term, it's got like you said, it's got to be good to see. All right, we got. For sure, for sure. Uh, the game has turned into um, a speed game, and uh, and he's got that side of it. Um, trying to work with him on the power play as well with each other, trying to create some chemistry there. And uh, but I like where his uh, like where his games at offensively, and, and and him being explosive in some of those plays. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider. With your collision repair needs, visit carstar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number three star tonight, Vitaly Kravtsov. He had a goal in tonight's game. It was the second of the night. Akito Hirose, the number two star. And Thatcher Demko, the number one star. No surprise there. Again, 33 saves against the Blackhawks offense in this 3 nothing shutout. Demko with his third career shutout and his first of this season. Before we get to Jason Dickinson, I want to get to a few more texts. Um, from the 847, Mitchkov has three more years under his contract. Carlson has two more years on his SHL contract. Uh, thank you for the clarification, 847. But also, you know, that is the difference, too, is Connor Bedard is the immediate impact 
for a rebuild. That kind of accelerates the rebuild if the Blackhawks or any other team is is able to land him uh, from the 773 area code, basically saying that. Bedard will accelerate the rebuilding, but you need these other people to develop. Yes, absolutely. Even if the Blackhawks land Connor Bedard, we're still talking about a rebuild next year. And it's it's great to see it all accelerated, but the complementary pieces still need to come. All the guys in the system right now, all those other draft picks that Kyle Davidson acquired, all of those still need to pan out. And you're not going to hit on all of them. That's just how it works in sports. But they need to go through. Um, from the 260 area code, what is a Canuck? Um, well, based on a, a quick, easy internet search, which I bet you're capable of, Wikipedia says Canuck is a slang term for a Canadian. The origins of the word are uncertain. And uh, one more text before we get to Jason Dickinson from the 417 area code. Hey, Joe, 50-year Hawks fan, is Taves going to retire? We definitely need to focus on offense for next season. Are we going to wait for the offense to show up through development? Thanks, Mike in Missouri. How about that? We get a text from Minnesota and Missouri tonight. Uh, along with Chicago. I don't know if Jonathan Taves is going to retire. I don't know if Jonathan Taves knows if Jonathan Taves is going to retire. He's clearly put some thought into it. I don't know how much of deep thoughts he's put into it because he's he's basically said that he's entertained the thought, but he doesn't go too deep into it because he's not going to be able to make that decision until the summer. What we do know is it took a lot for him to come back. He finally did. He seems to be responding to it very well. He's not prime, tip-top, 100% Jonathan Taves, but, man, he seems comfortable out there. He seems happy to be out there, and he's he's still making play playmaking abilities that only he can do. And I think the team is responding very well because of his return, too. I mean, I think that win against Calgary Tuesday night, a big reason that happened is because of Jonathan Taves' return. Let's hear from Jason Dickinson, who also chatted with the media. It's like a frustrating game out there where there's lots of chances and just nothing's going in. Yeah, I mean, Demers is a pretty good goalie over there. It felt like we had, like you said, a lot of chances, a lot of traffic to the net, a lot of tips. Still just couldn't find a way to get that, uh, that one to go home. How do you assess the, the overall team game and other areas? Yeah, I thought we played a really sound game. Uh, I thought we were moving our legs really well. We checked really well. We we took pucks to the net. We were thinking shot first a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, we, we created a lot. We didn't give up a whole lot, I wouldn't say. Um, I haven't seen the sheet to know exactly what we gave up, but I felt like we, we did a good job tonight. Stay locked, doing stay locked things, the windmill safe, things like that. <laughs> How much energy you guys get from that? Yeah, you love watching it, you know. He goes out there and he has fun doing what he does. So, um, you know, it gives us energy to go out there and do our our thing. Do you have more motivation when you're here in Vancouver? No, not at all. I approach it like any other game. Uh, obviously, I played here and things didn't go great for me last year, but it doesn't change a thing for me. I try to approach every game the same. Jason Dickinson, 58% from the face-off circle tonight. And yeah, it's it's been such an, an interesting ride with Jason Dickinson's entire NHL career because he did so well in Dallas, didn't do so well in Vancouver, and then comes over here to the Hawks and has fit in very well. And I I think that's another nod to Luke Richardson's ability. He can take these guys that need a scene change, that need to be implemented a little bit differently, and he, he pulls out the best in them. You know, that's that's kind of an actually that's an interesting topic because so often we've we've praised Kyle Davidson for that, who does still deserve a lot of the credit, 
for guys like Sam Lafferty, Jason Dickinson, Jared Tenorti, just pulling these guys out of situations that they weren't the, uh, situations that weren't favorable for them. And it's it's almost like a diamond in the rough type situation, even though it's not that rare. But they come over here and all of a sudden they're these very valuable players. Now, is that more of a Kyle Davidson scouting eye or is that a Luke Richardson ability to pull out the best in these players? I know Lafferty was here last year and he got off to a great start the moment he became a Blackhawk under Derek King. But that's interesting. I, I, I'd i like to see more examples of it because I guess you, you, you won't know you won't know the answer to that until you pull out one of the variables, but as of right now, I don't think there's any reason to doubt Kyle Davidson's scouting ability or Luke Richardson's coaching ability. With the small sample size that we've received, I don't see any reason to doubt that just yet. Let's hear how it sounded from Rogers Arena. Again, the Blackhawks with a very good first period. One, I think they outplayed the Vancouver Canucks with. There was a power play opportunity for the Hawks. That's when Boris Kachuk got denied by Thatcher Demko. A huge left leg pad save, denying the Blackhawks of taking the lead. And then later on, Vancouver was able to score the first goal. This deflects away to Hirose, left point. Sends it down behind the net. Way it goes, right wing corner. Long shot now from a line. They score. This is Kuzmenko off the setup from Pedersen from the right wing boards. Looked like Alex Stalock was screened on the goal. It's Vancouver's first goal of the game. They leave 1-0. And Kuzmenko's 38th goal this season, that's the second most goals for a player with their new team this year. Kuzmenko having a very solid first year with Vancouver. Again, Hawks outscored in the first period 1-0, but they outshot Vancouver 11-8. Thought it was a really good opening period. Good opening period on the road as well but they find themselves down by a goal. We move into the second period. Jonathan Taves commits a penalty, so the Blackhawks are on the PK, and they got bailed out by their goaltender, one of the more phenomenal saves you'll see this year. Here's Hughes back into the Hawks zone. High slot area. Tried to force a pass. This is picked off by the Hawks, and England turned it over in the slot. Beauvillier from the right circle. Fired! Oh, and Stalock went down on his back and put his pads up in the air like his heels were pointing to the ceiling of the arena, and he made that save. I wouldn't call it a two-pad stack. Kind of a <laughs> kind of an odd <laughs> save, but Just... Stalock got it done. When I was in college and we used to play NHL, my roommates and I would play just the shootout, and we'd play this game where you got to control the goaltender, and you would just kind of spaz out on the remote control and try to make the goalie do as many crazy things as they possibly could while still making the save. That's what that save reminded me of. Stalock's basically leaning on the upper part of his back. His legs are up in the air. And I said it to Troy, I've never seen a goalie stop a top-shelf shot with one of his pads. It was amazing. It was a huge save against Stalock with definitely the top two coolest saves for the Hawks this year. He had one back at home earlier this season where he used his paddle, kind of sprawling out, stretching out, uh, really quick from the text line, 331 area code. Aside from all the Bedard and draft pick talk, what do you think the goaltender situation will look like next season? I think, and I've said this before, I think Kyle Davidson's going to have to get creative again. I don't know 
how interested other teams will be in Peter Mrazek and Alex Stalock, although I thought that they've had a great year with the Hawks, even though they've hit so many speed bumps because of injuries and multiple injuries and multiple situations. I mean, that was the Hawks knew what they were getting into when they acquired those guys. But again, it was an opportunity to utilize the ability, or rather utilize their all the room they had for draft capital. I take that back. For salary cap space. That's how they got Peter Mrazek. For trading with Toronto and acquiring a first-round pick with it. Alex Stalock was on the market. He was available. Hawks took a flyer on him. Alex Stalock was saying that he wasn't sure where he was going to get offers from. His agent calls him and says, hey, we got we got a bite. And he's like, oh, you know, is it somewhere in Korea or something? No, no, it's the Blackhawks. And he was thrilled. And obviously it's worked out great. So I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's a spot for Alex Stalock or Peter Mrazek next year. I, I, I don't see any reason to not be a fan of that. But I, I do think Kyle Davidson might have to get creative again for next season. Moving on in this game, in that second period, it was when Lucas Reichel did have a breakaway opportunity, really utilizing his speed. And again, doing this on the road, I think, is encouraging. But we move, or I take that back, I went a little bit too quick. Vancouver was able to double up their lead on that same power play where Stalock made the big save. And this time, it was Kraftsov. Sneaking in with the puck and carrying behind the net. This this Krasov put it out to Garland, top of the right circle. Fired a shot, and that hit Kara in the foot. And Krasov got it back and fires for the left circle. He scores. This one looked like it deflected off of either Seth Jones or maybe Garland of the Canucks. But right now, Krasov is going through the fist bump line first. Yeah, Garland was to the right of Alex Stalock. Make that to the left of Alex Stalock, but it does go off of Seth Jones. A 2-0 lead for the Vancouver Canucks. Third period, again, I thought the Hawks outplayed Vancouver. Uh, They outshot them. They ended up outshooting him in the game, 33-29. A lot more opportunities. Again, it's a different game at that point. Vancouver can play a little bit more conservatively, try to just maintain the shutout for their goaltender. The Hawks are throwing the puck towards the net a lot more, but... Saw things get a little dicey. That was something that Troy and I talked about as well. You still see that camaraderie. You still see guys backing up each other. Reichel absorbing a big hit over by the boards. That's a good sign to see. Him being able to withstand those types of hits. And then when things do get a little messy, his teammates come in and and pitch in and help out. Kyle Burroughs had a big shove on Lucas Reichel. And then Andreas Athanasio comes on and defends him, but all of a sudden he gets tangled up with Quinn Hughes. They both go to the box. Connor Murphy then got tangled up with Burroughs. And again, you're just you're seeing that camaraderie. And here we are, five games left in the regular season, but these guys are still willing to go to war for each other. Then we get a Boris Kachuk near goal with a spinorama attempt. <laughs> that was really cool. Unfortunately, it didn't slip through. And then the Vancouver Canucks with an empty netter. Tyler Johnson near the right point. Put it down to the right wing corner. Reichel sent it in front for Taves. Knocked off his stick. Miller clears it off the boards and down. This goes right into the empty Hawks net. He scores. That'll be the icing on the cake for the Canucks. Miller scoring into an empty Hawk net with 24 seconds left in the third. It's now 3-0 Vancouver. 
Thatcher Demko's first shutout of the season, his third of his career, but Vancouver picking up their first shutout since December 2021. Bruce Boudreaux's first game as head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Hawks fall to 26-47-6 with the loss. Vancouver improves to 35-36-7. They sweep the Hawks in this season series. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. Hawks get shut out by Vancouver 3-0. You're listening to the Post Game Show on 720 WGN. Expressing ourselves on the Post Game Show for another 13 minutes. Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks 3-0. I'm Joe Brand. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. Like our friend from Asheville, North Carolina. Even when trying to land the number 1 draft pick, the Hawks need to get a few wins now and then as it's good for the team. Win or lose, I enjoy listening from Asheville, North Carolina on the radio signal. So we've got Minnesota, Missouri, Illinois, and now North Carolina. That is very, very cool. Uh, Luke Richardson's the head coach of the Blackhawks. He chatted with the media after this loss. Let's hear from him. Kind of a game where played pretty well, just couldn't get the finish. Yeah, we just didn't have any finish around the net, and, and the goalie was good as well. Uh, you know, I thought both goalies were good, but... Uh, we just couldn't get that uh, early one. I thought we came out and played really hard, and uh, then we, you know, we countered in the second period. I thought after our power play in the second period, we had a real good buzz there for about two or three shifts. But then, uh, unfortunately, we we just can't couldn't get it across the line. I thought we had a really good look, uh, um, you know, on the back door a few times. It was Bo both times, and uh, he he's a big goalie, and he got over there and played played it well. Um, you know, and that's it. And then we started, you know, we had one guy in the box and then we lost one guy in the bench. So uh, the last power play, we were down a few people. So, but we still kept plugging to the end and uh, that's kind of been the way we work, we work all year. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of keep staying positive and know that we've had a couple of stale games earlier in the year and uh, we usually come back and get some goals the next game. So we know they'll be there. It doesn't always lead to a goal, but it seems like every game Lucas Reichel's doing something where he really pops. You know, how encouraging is it to know you got a young guy like that who's just starting out? Yeah, I know he's definitely top-end talent, and I think, you know, he's starting to get these reps and feel the league a little bit. And certain nights you can really see that when he broke three in the in the neutral zone, he, he's deceiving, and he, and he kind of surprised them to get that uh, breakaway chance. And then I like his shot in the power play tonight. So uh, he had a little bit more, like, uh, uh, you know, I guess killer instincts with that puck going to the net. And, you know, there's still just a few things in his game that he's still working on uh, around the boards. And he'll probably get bigger and stronger over the summer, and that'll help him with that. It seems like there's been so many goals that have bounced in off your own defenseman. Have you seen anything like this before? Uh, it happens. And, you know, sometimes those go in streaks, and you think it's just uh, it's something you're doing. But Seth's in the right position. If he's not there, you know, they, the guy's right behind him on the back door, and he's going to tap it in. So, uh, you know, if his body's turned like a quarter a quarter turn, he probably is strong, uh, strong enough on his uh, blade to keep that out. But, um, you know, he was mad at, at, at himself. But it's a quick play. Things happen quick. And, you know, JJ just blocked a shot, so we're almost down half a man at, at the point. So, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's a power play goal. There's not much you can do. You're down a man. Off day tomorrow in St. Louis, last road trip of the season. Do you guys do anything as a team? Uh, no, I think uh, the players might. You know, I think I would assume they would get together and probably watch the Masters. They put a Masters pool together. So that's always a good time of the year to get the guys going uh, and bring them together in the room. I, I'm, I'm assuming they'll be in a meal room with the big watching that. So, um, you know, I mean, that it's good. You know, this time of the year to be together. I know we're not in the playoffs, but we got to act like we are. And, and I think I think we're pushing uh, physically like we are. Uh, so they need that time off to rest, uh, to regroup uh, for, for Seattle and then, uh, you know, finish off at home.
Did someone get injured? Is that what you were referring uh, to? Yeah, Rad's, Rad's left the bench there in the third there. We were down him, uh, Radish. So, uh, you know, just the lower body. We'll have to see how he is tomorrow. And, uh, um, you know, he, he left in the second, got a check, came back, and then in the third he left. And uh, so he missed the last few minutes, which for us, that's a, it's a big loss uh, on a power play and then a six on five. Okay, missed that until Luke Richardson just said it. Taylor Radish leaving in the third period, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, before Saturday's game in Seattle. I just hope that not too many Blackhawks had Will Zalatoris in their Masters pool like I did. One more break, then we'll take a look around the NHL. Hawks fall to Vancouver 3 nothing. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Last stop on the Blackhawks postgame show after a 3-0 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Hawks will wrap up their road trip on Saturday against Seattle. I'm Joe Brand. Let's take a look around the entire NHL. whole bunch of games going on tonight. And we'll start in Boston. Coyle collects to Bertuzzi right of the net. Dish to the right circle, Coyle. Leaves back at full strength. High slot, Orloff to Pasternak. Fires. He scores! His 57th goal of the season is an overtime winner. The Boston Bruins have now won 61 games. That's one short of the league record. David Pasternak with a blast from the left circle. It finds the inside of the far post. And the Bruins victorious over the Maple Leafs. 2-1 in overtime. And a franchise record 61 wins. Every win the Bruins pick up will be a new franchise record. That's our buddy Judd Surratt, 98.5 The Sports Hub. 2-1 victory in overtime. Charlie Coyle tied that game in the third period. The lone goal coming from the Toronto Maple Leafs, scored by Sam Lafferty. Let's go to Detroit. He'll take Levi to the same side. Over on that right-hand side. Save by Levi. Got the pad out. And he helps the Sabres to a shootout win. Devin Levi does. Dan Dunleavy of MSG Network. A 7-6 shootout victory for the Buffalo Sabres, eliminating the Red Wings from the postseason. Let's go to the Sunshine State. In goes Matthew Kachuk. Slides it to the trailer. Montour high slot shot. And he scores! Montour put it on net. The goaltender, Marilyn, got a piece of it, but not all of it. It trickles through, and the Panthers have the first one. 7.59 in. Brandon Montour opens the scoring. Doug Blagans of WQAM 560 AM. Boy, Florida better have won. Their goaltender, Alex Lyon, had 56 saves in that one. A 7-2 winner over the Ottawa Senators, eliminating Alex Dabrinkit and the Sens from the postseason. Let's go to Montreal. Face-off battle. Kuznetsov, Suzuki. As they jam away, it's picked up by Raphael Harvey Pinar with Armia. Armia. He took the shot. Tries again. Brian Mudrick of TSN, that's the second career hat trick for Joel Armia, I guess Brian just said that. 6-2 winner for the Montreal Canadiens over the Washington Capitals. Let's go to New Jersey. Penalty is over, here's Mercer and Hughes in a two-on-one. Jack with the puck moves in, Stepper scores! Jack Hughes, that one won't be called back, and the Devils lead 1-0. Jack Hughes had two goals, four points in that game, an 8-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets, not doing the Blackhawks any favors in the draft lottery. That's Matt Laughlin of WFAN, the Devils Hockey Network. Let's go to Pittsburgh. A face-off won by the Penguins. Crosby comes to Dumoulin across right side to Latang. Steps around Felino. Wrist shot, scores! Chris 
Excellent tag. Pick in the corner. Short side on Flurry. And the Penguins strike first with 4.58 left in the first period. It's 1-0. Josh gets off of Penguins Radio. The Penguins handing Minnesota its third straight loss, a 4-1 winner over the Minnesota Wild. Let's go to the island. And out of Pullock from the right circle. Fired. Deflected on net. Good save. Elliott. Rebound. Kalorn trying to get it out. He couldn't. Held in. Parisi left circle. Shoots to the net. Bouncing toward the goal. And down on his knees. Elliott the save. Islanders find Pellick at left point. Fakes the shot now. Takes it. He scores! Adam Pellick let it fly from left point. It finds the back of the net. And the Islanders have the 1-0 lead. Less than four minutes into period two. Chris King of WRHU 88.7 FM as the New York Islanders stay atop the Eastern Wild Card. Eastern Conference wildcard, that is, with a 6-1 victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning, spoiling Steven Stomkos' 1,000th game for Tampa Bay. Let's go to Nashville. Do a little too much, just simplify it powerfully, get the puck to the net. Yeah. Well, it seems miss- a little well, you're missing a guy like Svetch, too. I mean, you know, he, the power play runs for him. He's got a big shot. Here we go. 2-1-1 one, one for the Prince. Oh! He scores! to make it one nothing friends here in Smashville. That goal courtesy of ESPN. Nashville a 3 nothing shutout over the Carolina Hurricanes, denying Carolina of its fourth straight win as Nashville creeps in closer. They're now just one point behind the Winnipeg Jets for that second wildcard spot in the Western Conference. Blackhawks' next game will be on Saturday in Seattle. Burrows to the near corner. Seattle will tie it up in the offensive zone. Comes off the goal line. Everly walks in. Scores! Jordan Everly finds the puck. It comes off the goal line right toward the net. He goes in and flips it over the shoulder of Colin Delia. 3-2 Seattle. 9-20 left in this second period. Everett Fitzhugh of KJR Seattle Sports Radio. The Seattle Kraken are heading to the postseason. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd, powering business, powering lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to Jack Heinrich, Brett Jackson, and Krista Flores here at the station. John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call. I'm Joe Brand. Again, Hawks fall 3 to nothing to Vancouver. We'll talk to you Saturday night from Seattle.